Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition, a nighttime edition, a Friday edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized, of course, by our friends over at Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the man, the myth, the legend, J.C. Allen in the house, ready to rock this Friday night pod and send people into the weekend with a flare. Look at that. I like your little backdrop there. Celsius, Peter Report, Peter Report shirt. This looks good. You're muted. The beast. I, have the beast. <laughs> I got the beast behind me and I'll the just in the draft. Yeah. Dane Brugler, friend of the show, special guest to the show, draft guide. I love it. It's beautiful. Amazing, amazing work he does. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing, yeah. Speaking of amazing work, not going to two Pewter Reports horn too much, but if you're tuning into the show and you're saying, wow, I've really been wondering what's going on at Bucks training camp, and I hope I get the opportunity to find out a little bit in this show. Well, you will find out a little bit in this show, and you'll find out a lot if you go to pewterreport.com and you read a lot of the practice reports that we've got going on right now. If you read a lot of the content we've got going on each day over at pewterreport.com. And if you follow Pewter Report on Twitter, you'll also get a ton. I was looking through today and I was like, man, I'm proud of that work we do on Twitter. Our practices, getting out plays and descriptions and saying who's injured and little details that other people aren't noticing. And we're always trying, we're always the guys' media relations, like, all right, back up a step, but you know, do this. You know, we're trying to get right in there in the huddle and hear what's being said. And yeah, I mean, I just think I, I genuinely, I wouldn't be a part of this team if I didn't think we brought the best uh, coverage in terms of what's going on at these practices and getting people all the details we can. And I've really appreciated the comments recently from people who listen to these podcasts and saying, wow, you guys are, you're killing it. You're bringing us details that nobody else is. And because we work hard for that part of it, our analysis will always be what sets us apart at Peter Report, the information we can give you that you're not getting anywhere else, the opinions we can give you that you're not getting anywhere else. So we super appreciate y'all. Y'all have been awesome. These podcasts have been great. The, great to see the chat blowing up again and everybody excited about the season. JC, you were out of practice with me today. What's your big takeaway? I know we got our we got our show outline. We got our things we want to talk about. What's your big takeaway from today's practice? I mean, one of the big takeaways is the, the title of the show today, but mm. – um, Offense and defense starters continue to look good. They struggle a little bit, but that red zone, the red zone offense is just, yeah. oh, it's going to yeah. be tough for them to start to stop. I the other day they had a had a look. I don't know if we can say this, but I'm going to anyways. They had a look out there. They had Hudson, OJ Howard, Gronk, and Evans all out on the field at the same time. Like you, you replace Hudson with Brait, and just I mean that's one lineup yeah. that I'm so looking forward to seeing because they all have height, they all have skills, they all mm-hmm. have hands. Good luck stopping that. But the red zone offense has been just phenomenal so far. It has been. You know, even when they've struggled in other areas of the field, red zone offense. It's just like last year, you know. And I think I said this to you today. I, I only covered the Steelers. I know people probably get tired of saying me telling stories about the Steelers and comparing it to the Bucs. Although most of the time it's been favorable to the Bucs when I've said that. But um, Steelers, the Steelers, Josh, I think they covered red zone situational football about half as often as the Bucks do each practice. And Bucks just work on it so much. Red zone, 20 at 20 yard line, 10 yard line, five yard line. They are just always what's our play combinations? When they're doing routes on air, they work in the red zone, right? I mean, today we saw the receivers in the red zone. Get open in the red zone. How do you get open in the red zone? How do you finish in the red zone? Where do you know where the back of the end zone is so you can get your toes down? When you know the ball's coming in high at the back of the end zone, where the sideline is when you're from this alignment in the end zone. Like Everything is oriented around the end zone that the Bucs do. They are just, 
I mean, I think it's why Bruce Arians in both uh, both past two years, the offense has been really, really good in the red zone. Finishing-wise, Brady's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in that area ever, but it, uh, Arians is a huge part of that too. His emphasis is on that area of the field, and I think that they've just been really, really good when they're in that area of the field. Yeah, and situational work has been something that you know Bruce and the, and the offense have really hammered home. They're at it again today with stopping the clock drills, you know, catching the ball. You know, running up there, getting it back to the referee, spiking it. I mean, they did that multiple times. Uh, yeah. They're also doing the, you know, the quick catches, outs once you hit the ground. So, you know, the situational work they're doing right outside the red zone too to set up potential field goals or potential shots at the end zone. Um, the situational work they've been doing is, is just, you know, going to prepare them you know, the best they can for the season. Absolutely. Josh Q, one of the best listeners we got here. I mean, he is always faithful, doubt in every time we got a show. And you were watching the podcast on your personal phone, he says, while your work phone alerts you, you need to watch the Future Report podcast. I love it, Josh. We appreciate you always tuning in. You're one of the faith, most faithful ones we got. So we appreciate you for sure. Hey, I think that, you know, you said the, the title of this show, the title graphic of this show, really. But I mean, Ross Cockrell, I don't even have words, Josh. Like what he has done in this camp, it floors me. I, I and people know if they've listened to this podcast for the past year, I am not one to issue praise unwarranted. If anything, I'm the guy that's like, well, he had a hundred yard game, but 98 of it came on one run, and he was really barely even touched on that run. And you know, I'm that guy. I know that I'm that guy, and I know that sometimes that gets agitating for people. But I think the process is really important, and not just the results. Ross Cockrell's process has been unbelievable i mean he is i don't think he's given up a play in team period i think he has six seven interceptions like that in the last two weeks and he's not i mean we're talking about remember when we say that he's not getting a 60 70 game like in a, in a regular game he's getting like 15 snaps in team period and he's making an interception like every five plays i mean it's unbelievable to watch him and we're not talking about like your boilerplate tipped ball you know in the up in the air you grab a pick he is making plays on the football like every single one of these interceptions has been unbelievable plays on the football he's not somebody who's been known as a ball hawk in his career he turned 30 years old today shout out ross cockrell happy Happy birthday birthday. but i mean this is crazy josh like he was what a sixth round pick like this i don't i it's just practice it's just practice i get it but like this is a guy who's 30 who's been a journeyman corner in his life nickel outside He's never played safety. He's stepping into safety and he's been unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that lightly. He's been jaw-droppingly good. Better than any safety on this team through 2 weeks of training camp. One thing I will and I'll be the negative guy here. Um he is he didn't make the transition to free safety. He's not playing strong safety. As a cornerback, you know, you're always taught to read the quarterback's eyes a little bit, you know, he's good with the back pedal. He's he's using that transition from the cornerback and we saw we heard um, I believe it was Jordan Whitehead say it the other day, how much is he's taking from Ross Cockrell and adding to his game because of that experience at cornerback. I think it does kind of put him in a better position to recognize um, recognize routes and, and make plays on the ball mm-hmm. because of his experience. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he's the fourth cornerback on the team, but he's had over 48 starts in his career. I mean, he picked off Jameis Winston for pick six, you know, the last time he was on a team before the Bucks in London. Uh, so, I mean, the guy's got 
he's, he's not a ball hawk, but he's got ball skills. And putting him in a position where he can kind of read and react more than having to go with the receivers, I think definitely helps him in the process. I'm not taking anything away from him because making that transition on a short notice and, and performing the way he has is absolutely incredible. But I think, you know, if he was going from going from nickel cornerback to free safety kind of gives him a little bit of a leg up on being able to make plays on the ball. I just, Oh no, I agree with you. I think it's a good point. Yeah. He definitely, he's taking a lot of what he knows at corner and translating it to safety. There's no question. What stunned me is the instinct, like how much he trusts it. Like it is a different world playing in the amount of space he's playing in right now at free safety. And he's making plays from a single high alignment and from a double, from a two high alignment. And, attacking the football in the air like that's what he's doing it's it's pretty amazing to watch um he has been i i don't i some of the plays he made the moment today the interception he had coming from single high to rob scotty miller of a touchdown after miller torched i forget what corner was but i mean to to take the angle to the speed i didn't even know he had the speed to get over there like that to turn and to high point and target the ball and come down with it I don't know, man. It was not an ordinary play. I mean, I don't say this lightly again, but if Ross Cockrell were 23 years old and a first round or second round pick, and he were doing the things we were seeing in practice, the practice the last two weeks, we would be calling him one of the next great safeties in the NFL. I'm not, that's not hyperbole. That's how ridiculous he's been. Now he is 30 and he won't start on this team week one and it is practice. And so we do need to like recognize that. And you brought up a good point. He has really only worked at free safety. You know, if you ever started at safety, you, you wouldn't want to be super predictable and you'd want to be able to at least situationally roll that free safety down and do some different things, rock and roll your safeties. And, and I don't know whether he gives you any of that. He's not like a great run defender and he's very small. So how is he going to be as a tackler and even as a, in the box or as a last line of defense tackler on the back end? You know, th- there may be limitations here for sure that we need to get exposed I don't think it should take away from he's been the most remarkable player to watch yeah. in practice. I mean, it's yeah, been a blast to watch him. And he gives you that just, as you said, that just extra layer of protection on game days, right? He's going to be your oh, fourth yeah. corner. He's not the fourth safety, guys. I mean, the, I mean, he might see some work at safety sometimes, but the guy's going to be your fourth, you know, your fourth cornerback on this roster. He's just too valuable there. I mean, you, you got guys like Antonio Hamilton, Nate Brooks. We still haven't seen much of Chris Wilcox, but, you know, Herb Miller, who got beat up today again. Yeah. It just. I mean, I think there's some possibilities. It really depends on who is there a fifth corner or a fifth safety that proves themselves in special teams. So is Javon Hagen or Raven Green most impressive on special teams or is Herb Miller or Nate Brooks or one of these other guys? I mean, I don't think it's Nate Brooks, but Herb Miller or Chris Wilcox, who we haven't seen much of, D. Delaney, somebody like that. Are they more impressive on special teams? And really, who's ever out of those four guys, that's what they'll do. They'll just cockroach on them on game days. What I think will happen if Cockrell does keep his job as the outback, you know, he'll probably he'll be he'll obviously be active on game days. He could give you the option to be okay, he's your fourth safety, he's your fourth corner, and then you just have nine DBs active. So Antonio Hamilton would be your other guy or whatever. Um, and so then you have to figure out is it Javon Hagen, is it uh, Raven Green, is it you know, whoever it is, they've got to kind of figure that out in preseason, but he definitely gives you some roster flexibility to potentially be able to keep a fourth tight end or a seventh wide receiver active on game days because he if he could they believe he can really play two different positions. So good question by Jack here. Um and I definitely think he's onto something with that. Um somebody said LOL who hasn't picked six Winston. <laughs> good point. 
He's got great a great random backfield or what are the words? <laughs> yeah. Mitch brings up, has he picked Brady? Uh, Let me think. I wasn't here for his first couple picks. You guys, one of you, we'd have to ask Matt or Scott. You didn't it was definitely him. Gabbert, Griffin, Griffin, Gabbert this week. Yeah. So not Brady this week. But again, he's not often out there against Brady either. Like I don't think he's been yeah. out there at all because he's the second team safety and Brady's playing against first team DBs almost all it the time. It was weird today too because they had they did they did a lot of three safety looks with the first team, and then you had Hagen and Cockrell out uh two safeties with the second team. So I noticed they were trying to work all three safeties on the field. Mm-hmm. At the same time, a little bit today too, and then they went to just one safety with Winfield, and they went mm-hmm. with five linemen. When they went with, uh, it was I think it was Tryon, uh, yeah, JPP, Shaq, Shaq, and Golston, and Sue Hervea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was those five. Yeah. We've seen some different five front personnel alignments, and then we've seen one guy drop out and a linebacker come, and there's been some creative stuff. I don't know whether I don't know what will happen in games. We'll see. Um, good question by Mitch, though. Um, Emily wants to know. Blitzes today, too. What'd you say? They're dialing up some safety blitzes today, too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely have brought some safety blitzes off the end. I mean, that'll be a bull staple, but I think you'll see all the safeties do that at some point in this season. And it's again, that's another question. We haven't seen Ross do that much. And so does that happen with him? Although he hails from Pittsburgh. He knows what he was in Blitzburg for a while and he knows <laughs> everybody goes in Blitzburg. He made blitz everybody. Um, before we get to Emily's question, which is a good one, I do want to make sure we mention our title sponsor in Celsius. We got carried away at the beginning of the show. We usually mention them right off the bat. But Celsius, I'm drinking the heat, the blueberry pomegranate. What do you got there? I got the raspberry uh, acai green tea. I didn't want to oh, this late at night. You know, I figured out right. a couple of them. But I have yet to try the blueberry. I've been hearing great things about it. I, I, I need to get my hands on one of them. Oh, the blueberry pomegranate is, is a top three for me. I really, really like it. No sugar. And energy that bo- it boosts you, accelerates your metabolism. It's good for you, and it, there's not that crash that you get with other energy drinks. So, yeah. uh, you, you're you're not getting any sugar. You're not getting any of the bad stuff. You're getting a lot of the all the good stuff, and you're getting it with unbelievable flavor and unbelievable variety. You go and you decide and you pick what flavors you really are interested in trying. That's the great thing about Celsius. You can go to Celsius.com, find your flavor. Use the store locator, find out where they are around you. I just was talking to a bunch a bunch of Bucks fans. Just let me know, hey. Uh, this is what I'm drinking tonight, like right before the show. I love seeing that on Twitter. I appreciate you all tweeting out. Tell me what your favorite flavors are. Michael Kist over at SB Nation, uh, who runs the podcasting over at SB Nation. He happens to also be a neighbor of mine and a good friend of mine. He stopped by the house right before dinner, and he was like, what do you got? Because <laughs> I was away in Pennsylvania for a couple of weeks. He needed his fix. He's got. I've got sent him some new flavors. He's always getting Celsius, and uh, he loves it. And so it's been awesome to see how many people have really fallen in love with Celsius. So I encourage you to check out the flavors. Click on those Celsius banner ads at PeterReport.com. Give it a try. Uh, they really are. They're a great company, and we're very excited about the fact that they're uh, the still and remain the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. All right, uh, Emily's question. I want to make sure I got to that uh, before we moved on here. But she said, is it a good or bad thing that we haven't heard anything on Mr. Irrelevant? And I'm going to kind of use Emily's question to springboard into another topic on this show. Because we haven't heard a lot from Mr. Irrelevant, Grant Stewart, although he got beat again in coverage today. And he is not. it's not been a good camp for Grant Stewart. So if you're talking about that, Mr. Irrelevant, it's a bad thing you haven't heard anything from because he needs to stand out. Today, Keyshawn Vaughn beat him on a wheel route. It was underthrown. He still couldn't make a play on the ball. He was beaten so badly. Uh, Vaughn came back, made the play on the ball, made a great catch. Good day for Vaughn. I saw people shouting him out in the chat. They're excited about him. Good day for Keyshawn Vaughn. He's definitely getting better. We got to talk to him today. 
he's one serious dude, man. <laughs> he does not screw around. Keyshawn Vaughn is business, at least with us. So, uh, but I yeah. asked him the other day. He was coming off the field. I was like, how do you think practice went today? It was good. I loved it. That was it. <laughs> Nothing. Just <laughs> that's actually more than I thought he'd say. I thought he would not say <laughs> anything to you. That's great. <laughs> but Emily wants to know about. I don't know if she's asking about Grant Stewart or if she's asking about Ryan Suckup, who is also Mister Irrelevant. Because if you've tuned in lately, you've heard a little bit of something about Ryan Suckup, and it hasn't been good. And I'm just wondering, Josh, you charted today and you got the kicks and the results of what he did today. For those who haven't read the Pewter Report. Uh, insider, the practice report from today's training camp. Go over to Peter Report and check it out today. Lots of nuggets on today's practice in there and lots of stuff you should know, including a couple sleepers. We might identify a few of those later on the show. But Josh, are we worried about Ryan Suckup right now? Where is the where's the panic meter gauge for you right now? I, I'm not I'm not worried per se because, you know, it, it's practice. Again, you got to make your kicks in practice, but I need to see game kicks you know, in the stadium. Let's see what happens going forward once we start getting get the preseason games and everything like that. You know, I will say your your guy out of Miami there, uh, Jose Borregales, has looked really good. I think he's only missed like three or four kicks in camp. The other day he made all of his kicks uh, in place of Ryan Suckup when he was out. So, you know, I don't know if he's feeling the pressure after that contract that he signed, but, you know, I at the same time, I'm not sure if Bruce, if if he really struggles throughout this preseason and continues to struggle at practice and Borgales is standing out, you know, Bruce isn't one of those guys, and neither is Jason now. They'll cut him. You know, they'll cut the dead weight, you know, if, if he's not performing. You can't – even if you pay a kicker, you can't keep a guy who's not performing, especially with the Buccaneers' history of kickers. But I think he'll turn it around. I'm not worried. He did really struggle today, missing two in a row, two off the goalpost. It was just not a pretty day for him at all. But I, I'm not in panic mode yet. It's only practice seven of pads. Yeah. We'll, we'll <clears throat> see a little bit longer. Missed from 32, 32, and 42, and then 42 again. Yard. So missed twice from 32, twice from 42. Did make kicks, made his last two, 37-yarder, 47-yarder, finished with two makes. But I don't know. It just has not looked very confident when he's kicked. Um the ball is not – he seems frustrated. Uh, Bruce Aarons mentioned, yeah, he's been underwhelming to say the least. <laughs> you know, his struggles have been there. But it's camp and you don't want to overreact. But at the same time, man, kicker is such a mental position. It's not like you missed four tackles and then you just got to clean up a technical thing. You know, it's just once it's in your head, it's hard. You know, and suck up to his credit has had a really good career. Like, he has not been somebody who's been all over the place. Most kickers all go through that period of time, though, where they are. And, you know, he's at this point. There's going to be that time with him where you've got to kind of figure out what's going on. And, um, no, I do not think he's going to get cut at all. I mean, this year it would be disastrous. He's like $5 million in dead cap. So I don't I don't even think that's on the table. He's He's got to be their guy. Like, they've tied to him for this season at least. Beyond the season, maybe we'll see – um, what had happened, but we're not even close to getting there. We're talking about this season right now, and Ryan Suckup, and it's got to be better. Like, it cannot be this bad, like, as bad as he's been in practice. Supposed to be automatic from like inside the 30, and you know, he's missing two two field goals, you know, from the 15 yard line, and he's missing two right up, right outside of 30 off the goalpost, back to back off the goalpost. So, it is a little discouraging, and he's definitely got to, you know, get it together because. 
you know, this is a team with the Bucks, as noted, has struggled finding a kicker. And it found like you thought you thought you had one last year. You paid the guy the money and now he's coming into camp and he's had had struggles. So he definitely needs to get it together. I do think they'll probably keep Jose Borgales no matter what on the practice squad. It's just yeah. something that, that Bruce is going to want to have as a kicker on there. For sure. Probably just like last year with Greg Joseph, he'll protect them every every week with the yep. new protection rules. Um, if no one claims him on waivers, that that is, I mean, because he's still got to pass through waivers. But um, you know, and if he struggles, maybe you in the season, maybe you see them bring up Jose Borgales. You can't really cut Ryan Suck up at that point because of what you said due to the dead money and and. Yeah. But maybe you give this kid a shot. I don't know. It's early. I'm not freaking out yet. Bucks fans shouldn't freak out yet. Yeah. If he starts missing kicks in preseason, then we have a problem here. Right. But we are going to be eyes glued to the TV. Yeah, for right. sure. And and into every practice, we'll be charting everything he does every practice. So again, make sure you're following at Peter Report on Twitter, so you're you're abreast of everything kind of that's going on with Ryan Suckup and with the Bucks in general. Practice. We tweet out a lot of information from these practices. Uh, but yeah, there. It's one of those things we're going to have our eye on for sure. I mean, he was unbelievable last year. Almost over ninety percent of his kicks. I mean, he was. In the playoffs, he made every single field goal attempt. He only missed one extra point. He was he was great. I mean, nine for nine from field goals, 12 of 13 extra points. He was in the zone. It was awesome. I love it. But this is what I said in the offseason. Like, it's just such a mental position. Anytime you pay him, it really, you run a risk. You you know where you're getting at other positions way more than you know where you're getting a kicker when you pay for it. You just have no and, idea. And, 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 and he could turn it around. I don't – you know, I'm not saying it was a bad move. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's funny because this is the position you know the Bucks fans you know felt confident going to camp about They're like oh we got a kicker now we don't have to worry about it and here we are a week and a half in and we're like oh the kicker has had some trouble and they're like not again right <laughs> it's right. just you know, it's the bane of Bucks fans existence is the is the ability of a kicker it's just, and it's yeah you're right it's, it's more aggravating for them than probably other fan bases you know Justin Tucker misses a few kicks Ravens fans like well we know he's getting you know we've seen this for t- 15 straight seasons he's a man he's the man. But Bucks fans don't have that luxury. So, yeah, we panic a little bit when that happens, or Bucks fans do. And so we'll see. I mean, again, I'm not going to make more out of it than it is, but it's been several weeks. Uh, when he's when he's kicked, it's not been good. There really hasn't been a day where I would say it's been great. And he's um, missed two two practices already, too, this early in camp. Which is Well, so- I think he kicks by himself in the end, in another another field. That's the practices that I've been at, he's, he's missed two. Uh, missed two practices? I think he was somewhere else kicking by like oh, okay. without the team, oh, yeah, okay. like another location. I think Arian said that at one point. Um, but yeah, he it's definitely been weird. It's been, you know, I know they like to get him on different surfaces and things like that, but it's been, yeah, he needs to pick it up. There's no question about it. I don't know what that entails for a kicker. I'm not gonna offer much critical analysis, but <laughs> get the ball through the uprights, buddy. Like that's what you gotta do. So <laughs> Speaking of kickers, actually, I don't think you even draft kickers in this league, but I got to wrap to my people about underdog fantasy. If you go to the link on this YouTube video, if you click on the link in the description below, you will take you to underdog fantasy where all of your dreams can be realized and you can sign up. It takes a minute to sign up and create a profile. They give you $25 credit to play when you use the promo code pewter. Now, underdog fantasy is fantasy football. It is an unbelievable layout. It's unbelievable aesthetic. It's extremely easy to use and easy to understand the layout and everything. I'm telling you, you got to use underdog fantasy if you're going to play fantasy football this year. You can set up your regular leagues in it for sure, but play these best ball leagues. And I think you're going to have a ton of fun with these best ball leagues because what it is is it's just the draft. There's no in-season management. There's no waiver wire. There's nothing like that. 
They give you these $25 in credits. Yeah, you might have to put in like a couple bucks for a deposit, but then you don't have to spend that money. They give you money to play. It just sits there. You can withdraw it at any time. So you get in there, use these $25 in credit, and you're going to find you're going to want to keep playing because they've got prop bets. They've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, the leagues are so much fun. They're the best ball leagues because you can get in there with a few friends, do like a $3 buy-in, and you can have some fun just drafting. And then you don't have to worry about in-season management. You can do 100 of these leagues and give yourself a chance to put a couple bucks in dollars or whatever it's as you know as the as the prize so it's fun you can do it with all your buddies it's very easy because you just do the draft and then they just pull your best scores each week that's how it works um so check out underdogfantasy.com and here's what i'll say too i'm doing a private nfl draft if you are interested with a three dollar buy-in that's all it is set up your profile and get these 25 dollars in credits use that promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r $3 buy-in, so $3 of that credit is all you're using, not of your own money. You're using $3 of that credit to play in a fantasy football league with me. I've got five open spots in this private draft right now. If you're interested in being one of those people in this league, email me, john at pewterreport.com. Let me know, and I will send you the link to this league. You can be in a best ball fantasy draft with me. Soon as that league feels, fills, we go, we draft. It takes only a couple minutes actually because the clock is very fast and you don't draft defense in these. It's very quick. It won't take much of your time, but we're in a league and then we'll see how we play against each other all season long. So I'm hoping some Pewter Report podcast listener faithful will sign up for this with me. Again, John, J-O-N, J-O-N at pewterreport.com. Email me if you'd like to be a part of this. Again, it's a $3 buy-in. They give you $25 in credit when you sign up. So you're not spending any money on this. $3 buy-in. And I think the prize is 16 if you win the league. Six spots. That's all it is. It's just for fun, man. Just for fun. So get in here. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get in on this league. John, J-O-N, at PewterReport.com. Hit me up. Let me know you want to be in the league. Send me an email, and I will send you the link to join the league. We'll draft, we'll have a blast together, and I'll talk about it on the show as the season goes on. And guess what? If we get more than six, if I get more than five people to hit me up, which I'm sure we will, we'll do another league. That's how we'll do it. And we'll put JC in one of these leagues. And oh, yeah. Scott Scott will get in one of these leagues. That's what we're going to do. Um, so let's John, fill these things up. Let's have some fun. John, I've been using it already in myself. I've already got one. I've already got one. <laughs> I've Fair been enough. using it already myself because a lot of times you guys know doing mock drafts and stuff like that can be miserable. You go to ESPN, NFL Network, whatever site you use, and you go to do a mock draft. And if you're like me, you draft a kicker and a defense last anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And you go to do these drafts, and you got some jerkwad who dra- drafts a kicker or you know a, a defense the whole thing. and ruins the whole mock draft you're trying to do, right? So if you go to these these mock drafts, these three dollar rooms, you can get t- join twelve team. $3 leagues, you use that as a practice mock draft. And then because it's best ball, you don't have to worry about doing your lineup. You just set it and forget it. You use it as you, as as practice for, yeah. for mock drafts. And then who knows, at the end of the season, you might win $32, you know, right. just for putting in some credits and using free money to, to practice your mock drafts. And, and that's what I've already used it for is doing mock drafts because I think it's going to be, uh, it definitely helps figure out where ADPs are, where players are yeah. going. It's a lot of fun and you could win money. So, I mean, if you're just yep. using it for anything else other than just mock drafting, you could still win money and not have to do anything. So definitely check right. it out. There. Yeah, for sure. J-O-N, John at pewterreport.com. Hit me an email. Let me know you want to be in the league. I'll send you the link for it again. $3 entry. That's all that it is. We fill that league. Uh, we're off and running. We'll play it. We'll we'll draft it, and then we play throughout the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. So look forward to, to being in that league with you all and having some fun with it for sure. 
Okay, uh, let's uh, let's let's answer this question actually because we talked enough about suck up, I think. But how is Shaq looking in camp? Is he making plays? Another eight sack season or nineteen and a half sack season? I don't think we'll see nineteen and a half again for Shaq. It's not a discredit to him. It's just that not many people have ever done that twice. It's not easy to do. Um, I just think it's been a very quiet camp for Shaq. I don't think he's been bad by any stretch. Shaq's never bad, really. Like he's either great or he's just okay. Like he's just solid. There's no like real low. Shaq is not a very you know extremes player. You know what I mean? Like he's at least solid, but he might not stand out in a great way throughout practice. And that is to me how this has been for him in training camp. He has just been there. He's been fine. I you know again, it's always hard to tell with pass rushers, and they've done one on one so little that there's not a lot to be gleaned. But I would say that he stood out very little to me during camp. Yeah, I'm, I, maybe it's time for Shaq to take the hoodie off. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of had it off today. What do you have that he, today? He just had like a long sleeve shirt on, I think. Yeah. So I, maybe he listened to the last pod. And <laughs> Godwin, Godwin's been having the hoodie on now. I, I've known. You know, right. I, I don't know. It's. I don't think he's going to have 19 and a half. I think you definitely get double digits. It's. It's also. It's practice, right? So you can't touch the quarterback. You got to pull up a lot. So it. And as John said, we haven't seen a lot of one on ones. And even then, you're still not hitting the quarterback. So. It's difficult to gauge the edge rushers when they're not being able to go being unleashed and going full bore and you know, really using their repertoire of moves to try to get to a quarterback and, and put their hands on him because mm-hmm. Shaq's not only just good at getting after a quarterback, he's good at you know causing causing um turnovers as well. Yeah. So without being without that ability to even try to swat at a ball or get a strip sack or anything, it's it's difficult You're to right. gauge. Well, I think that he will turn it on. You know, once once you know camp is over and during regular season games, yeah, just based on you know how good this defense is, the alignments and everything that they'll be able to put out there. Again, I don't think he's going 19 and a half sacks. I don't think he's going eight sacks. I think he's probably somewhere right in the middle, 12, 11. Which would be awesome. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, going into before last year, I think before that, the the Bucks were in the bottom three of the league in the last few years in sacks. Mm-hmm. Last year and the year before, you know, they really turned it up with Todd Bowles coming here, and they've been, you know, one of the top teams in the leagues at, at getting sacks. So uh, I think that will continue this year, especially if Vita Vea can stay healthy. I mean, so much I think of Shaq's game, and this is not a knock at him, is having that big disrupting force in the middle. And when you saw it last year when Vita Vea came back, how much of an impact Shaq was able to make after that and how much he struggled before that. And I don't want to take away from that because, you know, as John knows, he had the most pressures in the league last year. So, you know, I think he's still a great player, but I think Vita really helps bring out the best in him. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Vita helps bring out the best in everybody. We've talked very little about Vita though throughout camp. I mean, there's been very little to say there. Uh, We've talked very little about O-line, D-line period because they're almost all going against each other in team period. And we often just being honest with people, we often do not have a great vantage point of the specifics of O-line, D-line play from where we watch practice. And I won't blow, make things up a lot of time. Today was the best vantage point we'd had, all, pra- all the practices that I've been at, especially the indoor ones at the beginning of the week. We could see all the what happens in the play, but we, we're we too far away from where they do O-line, D-line to be able to see details of, of play there. Um, today was the best vantage point I had, though, and I have some notes on some D-line players who really stood out. And I thought some O-line players who struggled today, even though I don't think it's necessarily indicative of kind of what they've done throughout camp. I think that it was it was true today. So we'll talk about that. But Josh, I got to let people know about our friends over at livinggolflife.com, one of the newest sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast. We are thrilled that livinggolflife.com has joined forces over here at pewterreport.com. 
man, these guys are fun. They're great guys. Mike Bush, Jim Elsa, they started this company, both from a military background. Uh, they have done so much for this country uh, in the tours that they've served, but also now doing stuff to help change the game for golfers is awesome. Livinggolflife.com. Check out their website. They have all kinds of awesome stuff. They got koozies, they got glasses, they got hats, they got polos, just to look super fit. In fact, let me grab my hat. Hang on. It's right here. Yeah, living, living golf life. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a, a lifestyle, brand. baby. Clothing, it's a brand. Look at how tight this is. I love this hat. I was saying this the other day, but I just think their stuff is awesome. Their brand is great. If you're a golfer or you know people that are golfers, go to livinggolflife.com. Check out some of the stuff that they have on their site. Right. Like if you golf and everybody in Florida golfs, I've heard. If you golf uh, and you know people who golf, give these things as gifts, whatever it might be. But livinggolflife.com, they do awesome stuff. So make sure you go check out their site. Jim and Mike, they've got a great thing going on. And we appreciate y'all supporting them and supporting a sponsor of the Peter Report podcast for sure. Um, okay, let's let's keep it rolling here because we've got two really big things we want to touch on before we wrap up this podcast. Number one, some sleepers that we've noticed in camp that have stood out. And I'll go to you first for this. But number two, we want to make sure we talk about the running back battle when we close out this show. Not trying to keep you all interested, but I think I figured out some of what's going on in the running back battle. Maybe tomorrow will totally disprove me wrong and we'll be back at square one. But I think I know what's going on in the running back battle. And I'll let you know that. But first, I want to hear uh, sleepers that maybe have stood out to you in camp, Josh, that we really have mentioned very little and talked about very little. O-line or D-line or sleepers? What are we doing? Any position. I mean, my guys, I have. I definitely have somebody on the D-line I'm going to mention but and somebody on the O-line, actually. But uh, anybody you've thought that as you watch camp, you say, man, they've, we barely talked about them. We haven't talked about them at all. And they've had a really good camp. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the guy uh, on the O-line. And I don't know if I'm taking your guy, but Nick Lavrette uh is, is someone who i had if you look at my my you know training camp battles in my uh, 50 right. man prediction adam on the practice squad the guy's been lights out uh he's been playing right guard left guard right tackle today a little bit of struggles at left tackle but still he's playing all four of these spots and he's also practicing at center off to the side by himself trying to get better at that after taking some reps at center in mini camp and also last year on the practice squad He's been really good. He's had some really good plays where he's stood some key defenders up. Shaq Barrett earlier in the week, uh, Khalil mm-hmm. Davis uh, just pushed him right out of the play. Uh, he's he's had some really a really strong camp so far, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's going to be the ninth offensive lineman that this team this team keeps. And if he continues to improve at the tackle spots, because he's already a solid guard, and mm-hmm. you heard you know Alex Kappa, and you also heard Ryan Jensen talk about him earlier this week. Yep. He can continue to improve at the tackle spot. His his versatility. And his value just goes through the roof. 100%. Very much agree with you on Leverett. He has looked much better, I think, even than a year ago. He has always been made of the right stuff. Physically, he is way more capable, way more technical. I have been really pleased with the fact that he's even held up a tackle the way that he has. Didn't think he had that in his wheelhouse. Physically, he just looks like he belongs. I mean, he's he's big. He's filled out. He's strong. He's had some great reps. Joe Tryon got him today a few times, though. You and I were watching. Joe Tryon got everyone. Joe Try- He's slick, man. Joe Tryon, he got him a couple times in a row. But Lever did stand him up in the third one. He kind of got pushed back a little bit. But I still didn't think it was, like, egregiously bad by Leverett. I just thought Tryon made plays, you know. And I, I think Leverett hung in there and battled. And I've he's got to be – to me, I don't think – Molshin we thought would be in that conversation. He yeah. has not been. Hutcherson is talented. But they've got, it's got to be the practice squad for a year, in my opinion. I think they'll keep him there. He really is talented. I mean, he's physical, strong. 
his highs highs look great, but then he'll have a play. It's just too sloppy. It's he's too off balance. He can't recover. There's something there. I would, I think as a backup that can be developed with Hutcherson, I just don't think it's this year. So maybe practice squad for him and Seton has been fine, but to me, Leverett is just so much more physical and that should make a difference. So it's a good observation there by you. I'll go with another backup lineman that I never thought in a million years I would be saying has had a great camp. I think Josh Wells has been pretty darn good. And Shaq Barrett said it today. I was He said it on, on prompt that he was like, Josh Wells has been great. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy. He's always so steady and reliable for us, he said. like He's a guy that keeps getting better. I can't believe how good he's looked. I mean, he's he's at a great camp. So we'll see. I mean, I don't have a ton of faith in Josh Wells if he needed to be a tackle, starting tackle for a season. But it's been a good camp for him, no question. And that's where you want to be confidence-wise. Today he was with the first team uh, at left tackle because Donovan Smith had a maintenance day. So um, great sign that for him that he continues to keep getting better. And he got those reps today. And I didn't think he stood out in a negative way whatsoever. Great pass protection from him throughout the practice. One-on-ones the other day, stood up JPP. Shaq Barrett wanted a piece, stood up Shaq Barrett. I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> Those are your two best guys right there. So he's had a great camp. It's been awesome to watch him continue to get better. I'll flip to my second guy and then I'll let you have it if you want another one. But um, the other guy for me, Jeremiah Ledbetter. Uh, I don't know if he makes the team or not. I really don't, Josh. But physically, Jeremiah Ledbetter has arrived. Like he was kind of a tweener and where does he play? Is he just a five tech? Is he like a Will Golston backup? Can he rush inside? Can he hold up inside if they run? I just don't know where he fits. He's get like five snaps a game. Is he worth a helmet on game days? I mean, he, he's probably like 305, 310. I hope we get a chance to talk to him. We have, we never get him, but um, man, I mean, he's, his body looks filled out. He's huge. Um, he just really has been a force tackle for loss today. I know he's when he gets a chance to run with the second team defense, he does not look out of place and he doesn't always get those chances. But when he does, he's made the most of them today with second team D and he made tackle for loss. I just think he's looked really good. And we're talking about it as a depth defensive lineman here. We're not talking about as a future starter, but Hey, this is not a group that is long on upside. So if he could show some, that's a nice notch in his belt for sure. Yeah. And, and earlier in camp, he had, you know, would be sacks. He's been getting constant pressures. As you said, the task tackle for loss, and he's always been, He's always been pretty good against the run. So, yeah, I definitely think Ledbetter is a guy who I have noticed as well. But, again, the numbers crunch is just really hard to kind of gauge on where he is. Just want to comment on, on Sedarius Hutchinson, too, going back, too. I agree with you. I think this kid definitely could use a year on the practice squad today. Mm-hmm. He was running with the twos, um, which he hasn't done much of uh, throughout camp uh, that I've seen. But, you know, his first play out there, he had a good punch on Nacho to get Nacho out of the ball. Next, next, uh, next play, he got spun around by Joe Tryon. The play after that, he pancaked, he pancaked uh, Khalil Davis. So it's like it's so inconsistent and up and down. I think just more time with the playbook. I think Sedarius Hutchinson, more time with the roster. You know, another year, and I think that he'll mm-hmm. be able to come in and compete at guard. But for me, I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball, and I feel like we've talked about him a lot. But at the same time, I was not expecting it, and he's kind of just, you know. His receiving skills came out of nowhere this year. He's always been decent on special teams. Obviously, the league, you know, the leader on the team last year in returning. But Jaden Mickens has caught almost mm-hmm. everything. He's amazing. He's looked fast. He's looked quick. He's looked decisive. He's looked smart with his routes. And, you know, he's caught. Doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to him. He's, he's catching it. And uh, it's funny. I heard him walk off the field today. And he's like, I had 11 plays out there. I had 11 reps out there, but I had two mental mistakes. Mm. And the fact that he's focusing on those two mental mistakes, yeah. those other 
nine reps looked good and he caught all of them and, you know, got past some guys. It just shows you his level of commitment, him trying. And I think you wrote about this today. It's going to be really hard for the team, you know, to, to, to cut him potentially, you know, do they go with yeah. the fourth tight end? Cause Tanner Hudson again has caught everything thrown to him. That yep. was really good. Um, or do they go with a guy like Jaden Mickens or do they go with an extra defensive back? It's, 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 there's a I'm, lot of yeah. guys on this I'm, team that's making it hard. I'm not quite sure where Mickens fits yet, how he plays as a gunner. Hopefully he gets that chance. He did not today, by the way, in practice, they had three groups of gunners and then a fourth guy, Herb Miller rotated in a gunner, seven guys were in gunner and he wasn't one of them. I don't know if that's a great sign for him or not. I don't know. It would be really hard to cut him based on how he's played in camp. I mean, clearly been better. And Tyler Johnson's been good. He's had a good camp. Today was a good day. He dropped early, but then he came back, made a couple nice catches in the middle of the field. You know, you could Tyler Johnson size, you could say upside, you know, versatility because he play inside and outside. Uh, Jaden Mickens has been, I mean, he's been a slot only most of his career, and they're making him an outside guy here, and he's excelled. Uh uh, this coaching staff, man, what can you even take a guy like Jaden Megans who's bounced okay. around places, been like a very role-ish player, Ross Cockrell, journeyman. They're taking these guys and they're putting them in new spots and they're shining like they never have. Confidence like they've never had. Getting coached technique-wise like they never have. Bruce Aarons is truly, and this staff, truly one of the best things to happen to this organization. I mean, just the way players talk about how they're taught, it's and, it's awesome. And it's praise, awesome. Goes, praise goes to the Glazers, too, for a lot yeah. of us to have such a big staff. You know, he's got – hands down the biggest staff in the league and you're seeing you're seeing the benefits of it i mean they've got on the offensive line alone they have one guy coaching the tackles one guy's coaching the guards and aq shipley's working with the centers you know so there's just you know they have so much individualism with their coaches for them to be able to work on them and then the assistant coaches that they're bringing in the fellowship coaches that they're bringing in you know they they do a great job at teaching these guys and you know some of these guys are talking about you know uh better. Mickens, they might not make the team. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard, I think, for this Bucks team. You're going to see them. Normally, you know, you're looking at, you know, okay, who can the Bucks sign off these? Who's going to get cut the Bucks might sign? It's the you're a defending Super Bowl champ. You've got these guys standing out of practice. It's okay, who can the Bucks sneak to the waiver wire? Because some of these guys are definitely going to get picked up and yeah. it's, they're not going to be able to come back. And Led Better and Mickens, if they're cut, I think they're going to be, I think they yeah. might be, they might be gone. I think you might be right about Mickens. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of camp, but guy who can play a couple receiver positions and return kicks and is sure-handed and everybody in the locker room loves him. He's such a popular dude. He brings the energy every single practice. I mean, they're out there doing wide receiver drills on air and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are their guys, right? They're established. They're not energy guys. Like they're not loud. They're not, you know, AB is an energy guy. He's loud, but he's kind of within himself, right? He turns to the fans and he interacts with them and he yells to them. Mickens is the guy in that group that gets everybody pumped up. Not Scotty Miller, not Jalen Darden. Obviously he's a rookie. Not not Chris Godwin, not Mike Evans, not not AB. Not, like Jaden Mickens is the guy that gets every single time there's wide receiver drills. He's the guy that gets everybody energized and pumped up. And oh, yeah, I mean that's who Jaden Mickens is, and so that's valuable. And I I think that they would I would love to see him stick around because of that. I just think he brings something to the team and practices every day. I mean today they're going through wide receiver drills on air and making catches in the back of the end zone and they get like their third straight completion and it's all kind of you know half speed stuff on air. And like they get their third one, he just screams, Let's go and he's just like screaming. Like yeah. just the drill had been silent and he's like and then all of a sudden everybody starts clapping, you know, 
that's just him. And so I think coaches value that part of what you got to have a good locker room guy to get the, you know, get the guys amped up, you know, keep the, keep the, uh, the flow and, and, and the good vibes in the locker room. And that's, that, that's Mickens. I would be remiss if I didn't mention one guy and, you know, call me or whatever, a homer or whatnot. But, uh, Javon Hagen has looked pretty well too. He was out yeah. there second unit again. And the thing about Javon is, uh, Javon Hagen is, He's making a pos- his second position switch, right? And and he did this. He was very versatile at Ohio um, University, not Ohio State, but Ohio University, mm-hmm. where he would play a little bit of corner, a little bit of free, a little bit of strong safety. But he started this, the camp at free safety, and they moved him because Cockrell's been doing such a good job at free safety, the strong safety. They sent him on a couple blitzes. He's been good in coverage. He let a play happen right in front of him, but he was there right there to wrap up the tackle. I think it was on the Quan Hamilton, the tight end. And he's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, learning a, a new position at the NFL level and learning, you know, continuing to learn the free safety position too. So just want to shout him out too, because I think that he has, if, if mm-hmm. Cock was the fourth cornerback, there's no doubt in my mind. I haven't seen enough from Raven green, Lawrence white, you know, I think he's made some splash plays here and there, but I mean, undrafted free agent. I haven't noticed him at all. So. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna, yeah. If I'm picking, let's say the top. So if the, your top three corners, obviously Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, they're all in. Ross Cockrell's in. Antonio Hamilton's in. Let's say those are your five corners. Let's put Cockrell corner for now. Your three safeties are all. If I'm picking Cockrell going with those safeties, your fourth safety, and you're adding a fifth corner, or I guess a sixth corner in that situation on top of Cockrell, whatever you want to do it. My ninth guy right now is Javon Hagan. So I agree with you as far as that goes. Do I think he's been unbelievable or anything? No, I think he's been whatever, you know, in terms of defense. But he's big. He's physical. They've talked about how smart he is. He's clearly stepped up vocal, vocally. He stepped up during camp. Um, there's potential for him to be a good special teamer, I think. He tackles. He's physical. I want to. I can't wait to see him. I know they were excited by his, by his uh, special teams play last year, and they wanted to keep him on the practice squad. He was one of the last guys they took put in the practice squad. I also think he's going to make it. I think he's going to be the fourth safety, and I think Cockrell's you know, put him in the fourth corner, and then Antonio Hamilton will make it as well, I think. That's how I see it right now. It's still up in the air. He hasn't locked it in. Like I think Leverett's closer to locking it in, I would say. Um, but that's how I see room. it. What's yeah. that? Leverett's moved to the big room. Leverett has been in camp at, at – because there's so many players that they can't have both, you know, all the players inside the normal locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So they've been splitting, you know, half the team – rookies, young guys, back of the roster guys are all in the Advent Health uh, tra- indoor training facility. Mm-hmm. And Leverett's been there all week. I've seen him come in and out, in and out. Today was yeah. my back at practice all week. You were like, where is he? And Yeah, I was waiting for he him. Came from the big boy house. Yeah, I got some good quotes from him the other day in an article that will be run tomorrow. Make sure you check that out. Or Sunday. Like, I don't know. Might be Sunday. This one weekend. Of <laughs> <laughs> one of those, it'll be one of those days. But I wanted to say, hey, you know, thanks, whatever. But you know, he's he's moved up to the big house. He's yeah. he's in, you know, the Advent Health Training Center main club. So Yeah. Yeah. No, he's locking that that spot's probably locked up for him. Right. No, I think he's I think he's on, on his way there for sure. Now we got preseason action. Lots can change. Injuries will happen, whether we like it or not. Hopefully nothing major, but those will all affect things. So we'll see how things shake out. All right. I know you guys are chomping at the bit. And Mark does point out, yeah, Herb doesn't Miller doesn't make the team you think interesting. I don't think so right now, Mark. I don't. You know, if he Today was telling. He was the seventh gunner out there today. I, you know, Antonio Hamilton's a first team gunner. I, you know, I just I'm not sure. Like, if you're going to keep six corners and Cockrell's counting Cockrell's a corner, maybe. But I, I don't see it right now with Herb. He hasn't done enough, in my opinion. We'll see. You got five years of experience. One of them, at, you know, uh, at special teams, and you've got mm-hmm. a guy who played five games last year. Yeah, it's. it's I just showing. don't think Herb's quite there yet. But it's just yeah. Showing. 
Yeah. Right. We'll see. I mean, if there's a sixth corner, then uh, yeah, I think it's her. Um, but uh, yeah. he's been better than the other corner. I mean, we have barely seen Wilcox. I should say that first. Kinley had a good day today. Somebody asked about Kinley. I will talk about halfbacks, running backs. I'm sorry, Matthew Sams. I know you're waiting. <laughs> um, but uh, Kinley dropped two picks today. I mean, but he made two plays on the ball. So, I mean, Trask throws. Trask has really struggled, by the way. We, we talked up Joe Tryon. We think he's awesome. Jalen Darden's been one of the stars of camp. You know, I think Robert Haynes, he's been very solid when he's got out there with the first team. He missed his third straight practice, practice by the way, undisclosed injury. He's day-to-day right now. But those three look like they could be something. But, I mean, Trask is going to be a longer process. I'm not saying he won't be. It's just he's not close. He's not ready. Like, we just – we're not going to be – we'll talk about him in the preseason, but it's <laughs> future, future. He's not going to push Gabbert. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, um, all right. Those two big drops. You know who would have made those interceptions last year? Parnell Motley. <laughs> That's right. He did make those picks last year, and he still got cut. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, Kinley has been tough. Uh, he competes. Man, what a great guy. Great oh, interview. has been tough, man. Yeah. but it's been tough to watch. But he's not been – but Kinley's not had a good camp. I mean, I'm not going to lie to people. Like, I wish he had. I, I was all about him in minicamp. I thought he played great, but it's not been a good training camp. Today was his best day. Mate, he knocked away two passes. Should have picked probably both of them, but good plays on the ball still. Um, so yeah, linebacker for me, those, those, those backup spots have just been, yeah, Minter's fine, but then Joe Jones has not really blown anybody away. KJ Britt has been okay. He'll probably make it as the fourth guy, unless Joe Jones balls out in preseason. Jones is running ahead of him today on special teams. So we'll see. I mean, it doesn't mean much at this point, but Grant Stewart's not been good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's three deep right now. Nate Brooks, Cameron Kinley, Antonio Hamilton's been a roller coaster ride. D. Delaney, yikes! Yeah, like, <laughs> like just it yeah. just hasn't been good at that competition. I mean, you're talking about your sixth quarter, so whatever. <laughs> but you're right; it's not been good. Yeah, I mean, they have to go up against these receivers too. Or to Josh, Josh Pearson and Travis Johnson are making highlight. T.J. Simmons is ripping the ball away from Herb Miller in the end zone for a touchdown today, like. Unbelievable! Should have been picked for sure. I mean, every single receiver on this team can play. It's this is what we get when they bring twenty-five starters back on the ball. We've got to worry about Nate Brooks and Dee Delaney. That's right. This is what we have to complain about. We should be. We are grateful. Um, running backs. I think as soon as I say it, he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think I think the Leonard Fournette experiment is dwindling to a close. Uh, I. It is just impossible. I mean, Ronald Jones is just clearly better. And now that you have a guy that is for sure your best pass catcher, like there's no last year was like, oh, who is it? Like, it's an adventure each week. You never know who's going to suck more. Like, you <laughs> you know, you just never had any idea. Oh, now, no. now you know it's Giovanni Bernard. And Keyshawn Bond's improving in that way. You yeah. know it's Giovanni Bernard. I, I just, I mean, Ronald Jones is, it's not even close to who's the best, better runner. And I know Ronald Jones will probably make me regret it and he'll probably fumble in the first preseason game and <laughs> we'll be back at square one. But I just hope Jones can just finally just stop screwing up because if he does, he is just so much more talented than Leonard Fournette. And I just wish that he would just seize that role and Giovanni Bernard would be the third down guy and Leonard would play a couple snaps a game and there wouldn't be this split of carries because he is just such a less effective runner than Ronald Jones, and he's not good enough as a receiver or a pass protector to make up for the difference. I just don't think there's a benefit in playing him. We'll see what happens in the preseason. That's where I think we're going. Today, it felt like Rojo and Gio, and the last couple practices have been bad for Leonard, and it felt like they might be moving. Now watch, tomorrow Leonard will get all the reps, and 
But that's what that's I think. Just, he'll be, he'll be, uh, what was Matt calling presidential any playoff? Yes. Play? And by the way, any, whatever I, you want to call it. I'm not guessing at this presidential any. Yes. By the way, I'm not guessing at this. The Bucks are enamored with Giovanni Bernard. I'm not guessing at that. I'm telling you, they love this guy. They're so thrilled they got him. He's been awesome, not only as a receiver, as a runner too. Just the quick decisions, and put the foot that. on the ground and cut and get downhill. He's, I mean, it will not surprise me if he gets way more snaps than people think. That, that's, no. I really believe that. I think that he's going to end up getting more snaps and more carries than people think. And I've been talking about this since they signed him, and I've said it on the pod a few times. Giovanni Bernard was not a bad runner in Cincinnati. I think he put up over 400 yards last year, running behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Now, I know Joe Mixon still got his yards, but Joe Mixon is a much better athlete and struggled for those yards too. So imagine what Gio can do behind this line. And we've already yeah, seen even, – Even Joe Mixon's been like under three and a half yards or four yards of carries. But even Keyshawn Vaughn, I mean, he's really turned it up. And, and you know – Bruce has been really again. I continue to mention they had a second round grade on him the year before. He chose to go back. Ran behind, I think it was the 148th ranked offensive line in all of college football. And still, go watch the LSU game and see. We want to see what see what Keyshawn Vaughn can do. Mm. Watch that LSU game against one of the best defenses when he's on and with a you know with a good run, uh, good uh, offensive line in front of him. Some more time. He talked about it in the offseason about having this mini camps and OTAs and how it prepared him and how, you know, he came in. Now he knows what to expect as, as a runner and as a player. So I think he's going to have, and, and I'm not, I, I wish I could go back and forth for the show, but I, yeah, it's, it's Joe, Gio and Vaughn. And then it's what, obvious to all of us. I mean, Matt said it the other day, Scott said it. We all see it in practice. We saw it in games last year. We just understood that Rojo kept screwing up. So it was hard to give him, but now it's a new year and, whether we like it or not, there's not the recency bias or anything. Like it's a new year, new slate. And I just, we got to go, got to go with Rojo, got to go with Gio. I just don't, I, to me, there's just no payoff with Leonard. Like, I don't think they're going to, I don't think Lenny gets cut or anything like that. I don't, I don't see. No, I'm not ready to go there. We'll see what happens in preseason. I'm not ready to go there though. I mean, will he accept that role as, as, you know, short down back, you know, coming in and, Goal line, goal line. You know, someone who's not. He's not even a better short yardage back. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do with them? But you know, I don't know. It brings up a question too, though. I mean, I'll say this, Josh. If Vaughn balls out in the preseason, I will lead the trade Lenny train. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I will lead it if that happens. I don't think it's going to. But that begs a question too. And we talked about some of these guys who might not who not might not make the team, you know, kind of thinking about it now, cause it's something that hasn't popped in my head. You got guys like Ledbetter, you got Tanner Hudson. Does he make it as a fourth tight end? They probably won't be able to sneak him on the practice squad, given the, the, the you know, tight ends are really scarce in the league. You know, you got a guy Hudson, like, you don't think, I don't know if they'll be able to sneak him through. I mean, it's, you a might really be right. good camp know. And, you know, you might be but, right. It, then it comes to the point where the Bucks get a bunch of you know conditional seventh round picks next year, or or what are they going to do with these guys? They're just going to cut them, or they mm-hmm. trade them? Are there spots maybe inside linebacker or fifth cornerback that they could see they can improve and trade some of these guys? So those are things that I really haven't thought of until we just talked about Leonard Fournette and his possibility yeah. that it will be interesting to watch his camp as a couple of preseasons in the books and they get closer to cut down dates. You know, do they trade some of these guys for assets in the future or to get better? At a certain position, it would be that's the thing. Who's even playing in the third? You know what I mean? I think we're going to see a ton of Keyshawn Vaughn in the preseason, and then 
Troy Main Pope, who's been good. He's had a good camp. I said this to you today. I think Troy Main Pope's been look great. Uh, catching the football really well, no drops, quick to get up the field after the catch. He's definitely a Bruce Arians type of third down back. Um, I think he's had a really good camp. I, I want to see how he plays in preseason, but he's been around a little bit. He's produced a little bit in the NFL. Like He's been a solid depth guy. You know, He gets it on special teams. He's been through a lot of teams, and that's been always been his role. So, uh, you know, I just think that there's some answers here without, you know, trying to try to grab somebody else if somebody went down. So, yeah, I mean, I think Pope will be on the practice squad and then um, the way that he's played. So, yeah, so, some different things to think about for sure at the running back position, but that's the direction I think I see them moving in at this point yeah. in time. That's, that's just – Jones is just – you know, Jones is never going to be that complete back. You know, let's get that out of our head. He's not going to be a phenomenal passer. He's not going to be phenomenal at pass rushing, but as, as the he's the most complete runner the best runner of the pure runner of the football on the team. And he's shown that so far through camp. Right. For sure. It's been that kind of a, that kind of a performance for sure. Tomorrow, Scott and Matt will be down at practice, giving you the deets. There'll be a practice report up. We'll have our content up that we always have on pewterreport.com. It's going to be another great day over on the website. Today was an awesome day. Y'all rocked it out. Gave us great numbers. We appreciate y'all so much. There is still so much content on that site. If you have not gone over and checked out today's stuff, Check out today's stuff. There's quotes, the best quotes from today, all these nuggets from practice, half the things we didn't even talk about on this pod yet. Um, there is uh, reports on Hainsey and some of the details there that you want to know. I don't even remember what else we wrote about today. Lots of stuff. Stuff that came out late last oh, night. That, yeah, yeah, stuff that came out late last night about Brady being mad at the NFL Players Association. Scott's Fab Five has a 53-man roster prediction up today. I totally forgot that even happened because so much has happened today. Um so, yeah, there's lots of great content over at pewreport.com. Check it out. Next week, we'll be back on the pod. Uh, no pod tomorrow, Matthew Sam. So I appreciate you asking about it. No pod tomorrow, but we will be back. So Saturday, the players practice. We'll have tons of content covering it. Sunday off. Monday, we'll be back. Players will be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Your boy will be down there all three of those days. Other Pew Report people will be down there as well. Um, give you the recaps, all the stuff. We'll have pods all three of those days. Pod Thursday, get you pumped up. Saturday, baby. First preseason game against the Bengals. 7 or 7.30 at night. I don't even remember. I don't even care. 7.30. Great. After the game, post-game podcast, we rock it out that night, late night. Y'all will do it with us. I know you always do. The late night Pure Report post-game podcasts are exquisite. A1 content. And y'all are always here bringing it with us. So we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to another edition, another week of shows on the Pewter Report podcast. Out.